Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another very exciting episode of Tales from the Podcast. We're doing this show a little different. We are going live. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm your host, JB, here with my fabulous co-host, Jack. How's it going, buddy? What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, Not too much. I'm, I'm going to say right now, I'm happy to have you. And uh, as everybody oh. can see right next to me over here, we have our special guest, Kevin Given, with us on this episode. How's it going, Kevin? It's going great. How are you guys doing? We're doing awesome, man. So, um, you know, um, obviously you haven't been on this before, so usually I do go ahead and ask everybody a question to start off, and that is, what was something that got you into Tales from the Crypt? Oh, something that got me in is such a long time ago. Um, I, I love the show on HBO, and uh, I didn't follow it to, I think it went to sci-fi after that. I didn't follow those episodes, but I love the HBO episodes. And we, we actually got HBO for free back where I was living. I don't know how we got it. We got some kind of bleed somewhere and we got it free. Oh. <laughs> Watch that. And the hitchhiker too. Love the hitchhiker. Which is a little more serious. Where yeah. I remember that. Was, uh, mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah. I love both of those shows though. Yeah, yeah. I uh we got it for free too when I was younger, but um I believe it was cuz my dad owned this little black box that uh descrambled things. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the classic uh bootlegging. Should you share that on uh in the internet, a national I'm pretty internet. sure that cable company doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um it, it it doesn't matter. So uh Anyways, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about you? Because um, as far as I understand, you've been working with a good friend of the show, Josh Nealis, with Cutthroat Comics, yes. and you actually have a new release coming out soon. Yep. Yeah, um, my name is Kevin Gibbon, and I'm from a little town in Maine called Holton, and I've been loving comic books ever since I was a kid. The first comic book I ever read was Fantastic Four, number 48, The Coming of Galactus, and I've been hooked on comics ever since, a huge Fantastic Four fan. 
And I've been trying to put, publish my own comics. And I first did this one. I did this one on Amazon. Uh, this is Dracula Rising. I don't, I don't know if anyone can see it, but that's Dracula Rising. That's on Amazon. Artist was Rodolfo Ezequiel. And uh, when I went to cut in touch with uh, Josh Neelis, uh went to Cutthroat Comics, and he published and is publishing, I don't know, the digital version's out now on his website, Cutthroat Comics. I can't get this straight. There we go. And uh, Foul Blood, this is the origin story of Carl Vincent, how he first encountered a vampire. That's available on Cutthroat Comics digitally, and the hard copies are going to be coming out soon. They might already be out. He sent me a batch of hard copies. I'm going to try to sell them here in Florida, uh, Tampa Bay area. And oh, the artist really here, cool. Who did you say the artist was? The artist is Raphael Lana House, and the colorist is Arthur Hesley. Wow, that looks really, really cool, man. I can't uh, tell you enough, man. I'm very excited to see this. I've uh, been a fan of Josh's work for quite a while. And for her to, to him to um, go ahead and take on a uh, a more horror detective title is uh, very interesting. And uh, I, I did get to see some of a, uh, a video that you posted where it was like a, um, I guess, a uh, walkthrough of the comic book. Yeah, I kind of did the voices. Um, it's all my voices doing all the other voices so they all probably sound the same and you might not be able to tell who's who but i do close-ups of the pictures of the characters so you can tell yeah it was it was really really cool a very interesting way to go about um showing off your comic book and uh man it was really interesting i really like that that was pretty cool so oh, um you know obviously we're all pretty excited to see this and everything um is there like an actual date on the full-blown release yet or no um he I haven't seen him, or he hasn't told me an actual date yet. Uh, I guess he's got a Comic-Con coming up if it doesn't get canceled with the the pandemic and all. But he's got a Comic-Con or two coming up that he's going to try to sell them at. And uh, I don't know where we're going to go from there. He, He has all that information. That's very interesting. Hopefully uh, he's able to push those out. I was actually able to get a lot of his work from a uh, convention myself. Um, Actually, a a friend of mine, uh, Mike Askham, is sitting there on the side commenting in. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Nice of you to join us. Hello, Mike. (laughs) Actually, Jack, uh, you got to meet Mike on a a first version of an episode that we were recording before that um, needed to be re-recorded for some issues. But uh, you got to meet him before. He's one of the people that was on there. Yes, yes. Oh, (laughs) No, no, Kevin. What we're what he's uh, referring to is that uh, when he originally started the podcast, I was with him for first few episodes, and uh, my personality at the time I was extremely uh, eccentric. You know, I had a lot of things going on in my life, and um, I was like overly excited about everything. And um, during the show, I would just cut people off and be like. Yeah, I just watched what you just talked about. It is really interesting. And like, oh, I was just so needless to say, I stepped away from Tell Us from the podcast for about a year and a half. And uh, now I'm back. So, and I'm chilled out and loving life. Well, that's awesome. Um, Now, I can't see it exactly, but I I see Mike asking what's up, guys, as well as a few other people going ahead and mentioning it in there. So, um, Nothing really. We're going to go ahead and go with the live show for the first time for Tales from the Podcast. <laughs> 
Now, um, yes, we should probably go ahead and introduce what episode we're going to be talking about today, guys. So today we're going to be talking about the season three, episode four, Abra Cadaver. And uh, Abra, Abra Cadaver. Every time no, I, I know that, who it is. <laughs> that song, every time I hear it, it's the incredible Burt Wonderstone. Like that is just like. I can never hear that song differently. And I just see Steve just, you know, you know, uh, with, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, yes. The, <laughs> so uh, the episode, let's go ahead and. Uh, I was about to say the same thing, Justin. So you can say it too. To go say? ahead. I was about to say, let's so, well, get in. No. Impersonation. Okay, so all right, all right. So the storyline for uh, the episode for Abracadabra is Martin Fairbanks would have been a successful surgeon if not for a cruel prank his brother Carl played on him years ago. Now merely a research assistant, he re- he resents he resents his sibling who has become a successful surgeon. Martin, however, wants revenge as well as the opportunity to prove the success of his research involving the human brain. Carl learns this all too well as his twisted brother combines both these personal goals with chilling results. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is actually a, um, a pretty fun one. So um, before we go ahead and get too far into this, uh, how's it going, Sean? Thank you for joining in. And David... Um, I can't agree with you enough, man. This is um, a really interesting story, but uh, the whole way of how they started it in black and white and transferred it over to color was uh, really, really cool. And um, also, Mike, have fun with the baby. We love you guys. Um, (laughs) Have fun out there, man. But before we get too deep into this episode, why don't we go ahead and talk about who directed and wrote it and who is in this episode? It's very interesting. So first off, yes, this episode I, yeah. was released in June 19th of 1991, and it is based off of the Tales from the Crypt issue number 37 comic book. Now, this was directed by Stephen, or is it Stephen Hopkins? I like the idea of everybody right. with the PH being Stephen. Well, I thought Stephen was the F and PH was Steve. Uh, no, no so. I'm pretty sure Steve is uh, with a V. <laughs> well, wasn't Stephen King? Well, Stephen, Stephen uh, King. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've all been fucking it up for years. I'm pretty sure it's Stephen <laughs> King. We we need to. We need, someone needs to make an announcement, like for real. Like it's well, I just Stephon did. King. <laughs> oh well, there. No. There, but, there uh, we go. Let's talk a little bit about what he's done. So um, so for those who don't know, he's one of the big producers from the uh, 1990s version of Lost in Space. But he also directed uh, Predator 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Reaping. He did a lot of uh, directing for Shameless, The Fugitive, and Dark Tower. So this guy has been around, and not only been around, but he, he's dabbled into the horror genre quite a bit before this, and even after, too. Yeah. Now... Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird though, because I noticed that not only like we got this guy directing, but um, we have Jeff or sorry Jim Burge um, writing this, and no joke, this is the only thing he's ever written. <laughs> like, so you know we have he's ever written. Dr- 
Yeah, whatever. Never written. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did we just in, invent a new word, roten? Yes. You know, we might have. No, I've been here's the announcement for that. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we go ahead and talk about some of the actors in this episode now, um, Jack? What do you know about Bill Bridges or Bridges? Sorry, Bo Bridges. Yes, Jeez, man. What are you on? Okay, everyone. I do not condone whatever he is doing right now. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Bo Bridges. I think you know. To me, I you know, like we grow up with a lot of dads, and uh, meaning like on 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 the classic shows and Bo Bridges was one of those guys that like, he was just a great, a great dad type of person, you know, like when he would play his characters, he was always a very good dad. Like um, in Stargate. Oh, well, I don't know. Uh, what about I, Earl I, Hickey's dad. He, he was kind of a uh, detached father on that show that my name is Earl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> but no, um, Bo Bridges, you know, he's done a lot of good acting. He's been in a lot of films. You know, he was uh, he was actually in the beloved Disney's uh, Rocket Man, if you believe, if you remember from back in the 90s. He uh, he's done several like this guy has done series, TV, uh, uh, movies. Um, but I think he's best known literally for, you know, doing. Uh, TV show. He was actually yeah, in Max Stargate Payne. Was a bunch of big well, I, ones. I I don't. I have. I honestly, I've never seen an episode of Stargate. Oh really? Oh, he also. Yeah. Um, he was also in the Magical World of Disney as well. And dude, he's been acting yes. since the fucking forties. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at. I'm looking at his IMDb right now. No, he has credits from the forties. No joke. Like this yeah, nineteen forty eight. Huh? I recall. He played Richard Nixon and completely with a prosthetic nose in one of those yeah, um, Nixon movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's actually uh, a couple people from this episode from that movie, <laughs> to be honest with you. I noticed uh, yeah. because uh, our next actor we're going to talk about, Tony Goldwyn. Uh, he was in Nixon as well. Uh, he was yeah. in there too. Tony Goldwyn, Tony Goldwyn uh, plays the character Dr. Dr. Carl Fairbanks. And this guy's most notable role is in literally it's a chick flick but it's a dude flick at the same time uh the very classic film starring Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze and it would be no, none other than Ghost and i was so excellent. scared at his yeah excellent like there was the the movie was flawless other than Patrick Swayze's ghost having a shadow. That's the only thing that's wrong with that film to me. Um, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I from all the scientific the pit, but proof I love- you've done, ghosts do not have shadows. Yes, <laughs> yes, they do not. Uh, depending on what you believe in, um, and he, Tony Goldwyn, is known for roles in uh, the Sixth Day, the the sci-fi Arnold Schwarzenegger movie dealing with clones. He was also in the, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was. Did you say horrible? He said, said Arnold. 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 My poor Arnold Schwarzenegger ah, yeah. impersonation. What? Yeah. He was also <laughs> in the uh, Pelican Brief as well as Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Okay. And one of uh, my personal favorites that he was in was the um, the Belco Experiment. But uh, he was also in the oh, Last yes. Samurai. Yes. Like this guy's actually yeah, he, I don't you know, remember he's been him. around quite a bit and um. 
He also did, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he did the voice of Tarzan on the cartoon, too. Um, and there's a, one thing that I noticed that was really interesting when I was looking him up is that he has something that's actually um, in post-production right now. So there hasn't been too much talk about it, but it's called Lovecraft Country. I have no idea what it's about, Ooh. but if there's anything going back to like HP Lovecraft, I get excited right away. Hopefully, that's what it's about. Uh, isn't that the new? Yeah, isn't that? Isn't I don't know. I, I haven't seen any trailer. Or... I, I don't. I don't know. It, it's in post production. It's let not me, out let me, yet. You know what? Why don't you oh, go it's ahead a TV and look series. it up? It's, is it a TV you series know? coming out? Supposed to come out now. Actually, uh, yeah, a young well, African American. Travels across the U.S. in the 1950s in search of his missing father. So yeah, oh yeah, I've seen the trailers for this. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Looks pretty cool. So yeah. I'm I'm assuming as he's exploring the country, he's dealing with a lot of um, villains or ghouls. I don't know. Or, okay. Yeah, I, I, I have. I don't. I, I don't mean, know something. anything about this. If anybody out there knows anything about this show, let me know. Um, if I should be expecting to watch you. an episode, well, yeah, but you didn't say nothing about Cthulhu, so I have no idea what it's going to be about. Okay, hold on, real quick, guys. <laughs> but you know, while you're looking stuff up and playing around, Jack, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the next actor we got here. We got Tom Wright as Mitch in this, and he's probably uh, best known for being in Creep Show Two. He was in Beverly, um, or sorry, Troop Beverly Hills, Weekend at Bernie's Two, Barbershop, Transformer, Last Night. Um, th- this guy's been in a shit ton of TV too. It's it's kind of pointless to go through it all. Like the dude has like tons and tons of acting credits but he's just like one off in this show and that show like you know pretty much like your basic um your basic tv actor who has a you know appearance in like law and order and then criminal minds and you know just go down the fucking list pretty much and that's how a lot of these are um a lot of these obviously there is a, a lot of soap operas like santa barbara and stuff like that from you know the 80s and 70s in here too um, he's the type of guy that like shows up and everything. You don't really know his name, but you know. I saw him in something else. You know, that type of character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. De- definitely. Once you see him, it just—it's crazy how he just. That's just how it. <laughs> like, like you just said, like you just notice him and everything. Like, like even in Creep Show too. Like he didn't have like a huge role or anything, but he had a big enough spot where you know he he was noticed. Um, right. To go on with this, so we also have Lucinda Wiest, I believe is how you say it, is her last name. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really, really suck at pronouncing names. Um, but she plays Kelly in this episode, and uh, she was in Predator 2, and as well as just lots of you know more basic TV stuff as well. Um, pretty much a lot of the actors that are in this episode did a lot of TV and welcome back Jack who decided to just walk Thanks. away mid broadcast. <laughs> your, your screen disappeared. I thought, uh Oh, he's left us for good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, for, unfortunately not. Um, no, I my see, I have my kids uh, and it's Saturday. So, you know, they're rambunctious as hell and they will most likely be, popping in and out because they can't let daddy do anything alone. <laughs> That's why I got a lock yeah. on my door. <laughs> well, I still have the so, screen right there. So it's like, Arr. yeah, go ahead. I get right, it. Right, it is what it is. So uh, our next actor that we have in this is Peter Shruck. Or, I, I can't do that. Those SCH oh, hold on, hold on. things, dude. Shuck. Shuck. 
Shut. Yeah, yeah, I said it right then. All right, all right, all right. He uh he played Bernie in this, and uh he's he's another one of these big TV actors, pretty much in every little thing that you can imagine. It's uh, well, yeah. yeah, pretty much, and like we get a lot of this too, Tales from the Crypt, which is cool and everything, but you know it, it, it's it's special when we get some of the bigger names too. Um, he was actually in. He's also in the um, the Monsters Today TV series, which I, I'm thinking was a reboot of the Monsters from the 1950s. And actually, that series ran. I had no idea about this. I'm gonna check it out. Ran from 87 to 91, 73 episodes. Holy crap! I didn't even Josh know about was that. Was Herman in that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, That's it looks a- like there was only one spot on there. The monsters today, huh? I'm interested in that. I did not know that. Yeah, they actually yeah. made more episodes than the original series. Yeah, so it wasn't the original series, only like one or two seasons. Two seasons, about eighty some odd episodes. Yeah, and the new one was like three seasons and about eighty little couple more episodes than the original. Yeah, right. the, the monsters was one of those fun ones. I like how much they changed it right from the beginning to how they started it. Like, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the first episode of that was like completely in color and everything, right? Uh, the pilot. I have no idea. I really, I, I I honestly have no idea. Well, try to prove me wrong, guys. I'm pretty sure that the first episode of that, or at least the pilot episode of The Monsters, was actually shot in color, and then they like revamped the whole show and turned it black and white and did it all over. But it was uh, really interesting if you ever get a chance to watch that first episode there. But to um, keep this going, obviously, we got to talk about our next actor, who is Hugh B. Hollub. Now, um, th- this guy's in a lot of fucking shit, too, man. Like, I mean, a lot of shit. Um, I guess uh, some of, the, uh, of our younger fans would probably best know him from something like uh, Stranger Things. Oh, oh Netflix. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was in uh, The Bucket List. My name is Earl, which is another, you know, you know, like obviously he's another TV actor too. The Practice, Miracle, Summerland, Monk, NCIS. Like King of Queens, it, it's very, very basic TV actor. Um, which don't get me wrong, is awesome. It's really cool that somebody's able to do all that. But you know, like I said, this is what we get on a lot of these episodes. And then to go ahead and wrap up, like all of our actors, we got uh, Tina Bachrath in here as uh, Paula or the Cadaver as well. She literally only did two acting roles. And they were both in 1991. There was this right here. And then a film called Totally Exposed. But she also had some other um, credits and documentaries, which are all Playboy, except for one is a Howard Stern. So I'm assuming she did this, um, what, 1991. So, yeah, so a lot of her Playboy shorts actually came out before this. So there's um she was just like a Playboy model that was able to get in on I guess Tales from the Crypt and they used her for your basic uh, sex sells type of thing. Oh yeah, but that pretty much wraps up all of our characters and our actors and who directed this and everything. So Jack, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about this episode? <laughs> well, this episode originally starts out in black and white, and uh, you really don't know what where it's going and that's what i really did like about the the episode was because it, it started off with a twist it started off with something that 
honestly, as a writer and a filmmaker, it got me. It really did. Uh, I really enjoyed the the opening. And then you see what happens. And the guy has a, you know, he scares his brother, uh, literally giving the brother PTSD about what happened. And this body comes to life. And the guy has a heart attack. And I believe it's his birthday, if I'm not mistaken. So his brother was playing a prank on him at his birthday. Then we fast forward. I'm going to say, I mean, the the wigs and stuff back then were horrible. Uh, so, you know, obviously the 80s ponytail, like it was just that 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 style. Uh, and then it brings it back to, you know, present day, quote unquote. And um, the the brother is trying to tell the one brother that had the heart attack and stroke is telling the other brother, you know, he needs to be down here uh, in be down here in a lab so he can see what he's doing because the brother finances everything. Well, next thing you know, the brother is, uh, does he have a heart attack or is he like knocked over the head or something? I can't remember that. part. He has a heart heart attack. attack. And then the brother injects him with uh with this this serum and it goes through the episode like he can see everything that's happening to him all the horror getting put into a meat locker and from the guy's point of view this is all happening in like a a day's time or a couple days uh next thing you know uh they bring him out and He's laying on the table and he comes to, and then you realize that his brother, the one who had the stroke previously, injected him to teach him about his experiment, to show him what he's doing and how the brain can live on after death. Um, and the, the guy is like flustered and he can't believe what is happening. And, as things would turn out, the the guy has uh, uh, God. It, which brother has the heart attack and is done? Like he dies. Was um, it, uh, the one who dies, I believe, was uh, uh, Tony. I think Tony Carl. Carl. Okay. Carl Fairbanks was the one. Okay, so and then uh, if I'm not mistaken, well, no, no, no. <laughs> and then he gets he gets injected with the serum again. And it actually works. Like the guy is literally dead, but his brain functions are going, and um, and it ends. And it's 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 really a fun episode because I love twists. I love twists and turns. And so far in the series, that episode has the most twists to me. Like, and it, it got me. And I and I and I like that when that happens. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to talk about that in a minute, though. But uh, mm. let, let me go ahead and tell everybody about some of the differences with this in the comic book. Oh. So, yeah, because there's there's actually quite a few little things that are different here, and uh, some very interesting discoveries that uh, I made on this episode as well. So, first off, this right here is based off of the uh, comic book issue Tales from the Crypt number thirty-seven. Now, I was doing a little bit of research on this because, you know, obviously when you're like, okay, well, this is a source material. So you're going to sit there, you're going to find where the source is, and then you're going to look for abracadaver. You're going to look for the story that's on there, which is 99% of the time what I do for this 
podcast is, you know, I'll look up the episode that goes along with it. And most of the time it is the exact same name. Well, while I was doing a lot of my research on this episode, there wasn't an episode, like a comic book comparison for Abracadabra because there is no comic book called Abracadabra. No. So they changed it. uh, (laughs) Yes and no. So here's what happened is um, this is actually based off of a comic book issue, you know, which is Tales from the Crypt, you know, was it 37, I believe? Yes. Yes. But it is based off of the um, the title Dead. Um, sorry about this. Uh, was it Dead Right? Now, for those who don't know, there is another episode of Tales from the Crypt called Dead Right, which is based off of a different comic called Dead Right, but not a Tales from the Crypt comic. It was actually based off of the Shock Suspense Stories number six comic, Dead Right. So I believe, and you know, I, I could be completely wrong on the reasoning behind it, but from you know just what I would consider like an obvious like standpoint on it. Like they probably had to change the name to something else because they already had an episode called dead, right. Based off of a comic book called dead, right. Which really it's, it's kind of interesting on like, why would EC make two different comic book? Like, well, they had multiple different comic book lines as you know, as everybody really knows. But the thing is, is like, why would they have the same title used in two different issues? Um, I, I find that interesting. I don't know why. Uh, unfortunately, um, uh, maybe there's a good I chance would, I will I never know why. What was that, well, Jack? I think yes. it might have been an overlook. Uh, I said it might have been an overlook. Like that, that, maybe that someone didn't realize it. it. It is possible, but and they, they, like, they obviously they fans made it, of the show like, have figured it out and right. noticed that there isn't a you know comic book issue called Abracadabra, yeah. yeah. but. It's just one of those things that I found very interesting. By the time they got to that issue, they realized they already had a show with the same title. That's probably why they had to change the title. Right. I think they changed the title mostly for the TV show than anything else. Well, obviously, because it's the only thing with that title on it. But anyways, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about some of these episodes. Wait, real quick, real quick. What episode was Dead Right? What episode was Dead Right? Um, Dead Right would have been... Season two, I mean, episode history, one, well... I believe. Season two, episode with... one. Really? Yeah, that's the one with Demi oh, Moore. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, okay. I could be wrong. That's, I'm pretty sure that's season two, episode odd. one. But um, yeah, I'm gonna just... Google it while you while you do that. Why? You... Right, this is something that I thought was pretty interesting, but. Like, obviously, with the comic book comparison, you know, we're obviously going to have some of the normal kind of changes when you're adapting something from the 1950s to, you know, later be adapted into, like, a 90s TV show and HBO. So, like, obviously, the whole idea of, like, the medical lab, like, the setting wasn't really there. The prank from the beginning wasn't really there. They didn't do any, like, black and white type things or any kind of color changes with a lot of this. So, what you pretty much have in the comic book issue is two men older men sitting down obviously in like a study and um you know like one of the things that i didn't notice that was similar is they use brandy for the initial poisoning which is um one of the things that i'm not sure if you uh, caught that jack but that, that was the original way how he got carl under 
was he took some of that uh, poison and put it in his brandy. You're right. And that's how they make it. Right. That's how they induce mm-hmm. the heart attack. And then that's when he injected him. But, um, yes, absolutely. you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, another, uh, one of the big differences of, there is no meat locker scene. It's, it's definitely toned down quite a bit compared to the TV episode. The TV episode tends to take things, uh, a pretty big step forward. Um, you know, we, we don't have any Jamaican guy trying to get him high while he's dead, you know, like, you, you know, your basic stuff that it just didn't happen in the comic book issue at all. Um, I guess, uh, as far as, um, like another big difference is, uh, they actually tried to, uh, bury him and, uh, as they buried him, you know, then they stopped and they said when they were like, okay, well, this is, you know, what this does. And then they were showing them and, but the thing was that um, he had a heart attack in the comic book issue right before he had the medicine. So unlike the TV episode where they had the heart attack and then for some reason he was okay afterwards with the stuff in the comic mm-hmm. book issue, since he had the heart attack first, it's actually what killed him. But the medicine was able to keep his um, uh, brain going to say the least. Hmm. Oh, real so, quick. Uh yeah. One of our uh, listeners, Joe, she said, how do you feel about the reboot? Well, the Tales from the Crypt has not gotten a reboot. I think you may be thinking of Creepshow. Creepshow does the same fashion. Of, of yeah, the- they were talking about doing a reboot of Tales from the Crypt with uh, M. Night Shyamalan, but they had a lot of issues with all the rights coming together to make it happen. So and unfortunately for all the Tales fans out there, um, we're, we don't have anything coming right now, which is unfortunate, but, um, you know, who, who knows the future we're in. CGI anyway, so instead of the... Oh, yeah, they would, the yeah. Reboot, yeah. So. yeah. I don't that, that would work or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's one of the big things with this show is, uh, you know, like <laughs> the, the, the work that Todd Masters and Kevin Yeager were able to put into this is fucking amazing. You know, Kevin Yeager, obviously, with the Crypt Keeper segments and Todd Masters with the episodes for, you know, I guess for a good majority of them, but like, it's awesome. And, um, yeah, they were, they were talking about it and that, that was years ago, you know, going back to these, uh, Facebook comics here and, uh, like, yeah, they were talking about it, but the thing is is the rights, they're not there. They weren't able to get them all there together. They weren't able to agree on things. Uh, something happened. Uh, if you go back and check out some of my past episodes with like John Cassier, I think we chat about it for a second, things like that. But yeah, they just weren't able to get the rights together to make it happen. Unfortunately, it's it really sucks. But you know what? What can you really do about it unless you're able to have the money there to buy all the rights from everybody else? So uh, I guess with that being said, we went ahead. We've talked about this episode and we talked about the comics. So we're going to go ahead and take a small commercial break. I've uh, got like maybe five minutes there and we'll be back in just a few. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods, throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right. Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. Do you like the Tales from the Crypt? Do you love the Tales from the Crypt? Even if you've never seen an episode, this podcast is for you. 
I'm Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, and host of the Good Evening Kitties podcast. Each week, I break down another great episode from the TV series, The Tales from the Crypt. Audio clips are included, so even if you haven't watched that episode, you're good to go. There are also special guests, trivia, mini movie reviews, and much more. What are you waiting for? Check out the Good Evening Kitties podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Good Evening Kitties podcast. Check it out today. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, a whole new season of spine tingling. For the first time in Word Out of the Dark History, we're actually going to watch a erotic scene. Together, uh, just yeah, a couple uh, brothers yeah. watching porn together. Don't it, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, on, on air right now. <laughs> this is the biggest plot hole I saw this, by the way. How in the fuck does she take him back in town? For yeah, but he was she made a point him. to bump him. But no, I agree. How do you not catch this? I was drunk when I watched this. Whoa, you... So were we. Yeah. But yeah, there's just this giant fucking board right here ready to lock yeah. down. Like like it has hooks that you <laughs> latch the fucking door to lock it. She is on Mr. Skate Up. I'll link in the show there. She's just going to... As she's listed as Great Unity, she's a red-haired girl. They say she has great national tits. <sighs> See? You seen her at Black People in this episode? I like how she's exercising while eating it. And then she's in the bathroom taking a shit, reading the story, and the plates on the floor. Man, this is also the first episode where our main characters aren't just a bunch of generic white kids. Everything about our food is changing. The way we cook it, the way we eat it, and the way we share it. And that's why I'm encouraging you to come and check out Pardon My Fork. Conveniently packaged in hour-long episodes and available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts and at PardonMyFork.com. We are talking to home cooks, chefs, Food Network stars, and world food champions. So cleanse your palate and come and get a heaping helping of Pardon My Fork. Greetings! We are the Retro Reductopus Cephala Podcast, a bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. He's right. We wax philosophic about lots of geeky crap like old video games and movies, toys, cartoons. I don't know. Help me out here. Music. Pants. Quoting video games that don't have dialogues. Shabibers. Tasty news. Unnecessarily long Japanese onomatopoeia. Butt breathers. Uncomfortable nature facts. Or how to install a samoplange. And unlike all those other podcasts, we at Retroidocubus have an exciting rotating host schedule. Do we? We sure do. So, if you didn't like the guy flapping his gums this week, like me, worry not, gentle listener. Next week, we'll have a whole new host. A problem. Hey, they might still suck, but they'll suck differently. And you know what's really cool? Retroidocubus is part of the Dorkening and Inebriar Podcast Networks with new episodes every Tentacle Tuesday. Which is like every other Tuesday. We named it. Anyways, you can listen to us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or any podcast player cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all things that make growing up awesome. Win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death. Taxes and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> he 
Lisa Mia, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Hey, and welcome back to Tales from the Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, here with my co-host, Jack, and our special guest, Kevin. So... This was a fun episode, guys. It is. So. It is. You know, Kevin hasn't even given his opinion on on the episode yet. Right, yes, right. I'd like so to share a little something. Good. You know, what I, one thing I thought when I was watching the show, um, what what are people in comas? Are they, you know, because the guy in the show, Tony Goldwyn's character, was completely aware of everything and could feel everything. I'm just wondering, people in comas, are they aware of what's going on? Um, do they know? Sometimes I, I think it just depends. Like it depends. I mean, you you hold your loved one's hand and then you feel it squeeze. Do they know you're there? They think you think, oh my god, they know I'm here. Then a doctor comes along and ruins it and goes, oh, that's just a reflex, you know. <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. just a reflex. Who knows? Well, so obviously, I, I, I don't know. My, my my first opinion on that is. Uh, <laughs> W- wouldn't they remember it once they woke up then? Um, I well, don't know. It, I, I like in the episode, bad. they did at least. But of course, his his coma was medically induced. So true, true. Yeah. yeah. So what else did you think about this one, man? It was a wild show. I mean, uh, Bo Bridges is always fun. Um, I call him the poor man's Jeff Bridges since he's Jeff Bridges' brother. But he's always fun, <laughs> and uh, Tony Goldwyn. Kind of when he's doing the narration, you kind of feel his pain when he's like, "Oh my God, I'm here! Stop doing this!" You can you really feel the pain that he felt, and it it was a fun episode all around. Everyone did a great job in that one. Yeah. So, uh, what would your rating be on this episode? My rating? Yeah. Like, say you had to do a one through ten, with ten being the best. Well, where would you put this one? I'd go with an eight. I think eight. That's fair. That's fair. This is a good episode. So, uh, Jack, what did you think about yes. this one? I I'm gonna go with Kevin. I think it's a solid eight. You oh, know, yeah? it's yeah, it got me. It did get me, and I really think there was a very good uh, written. It was written very well, and the suspense, and just like you hear, um, like like Kevin said, you know, like the coma stuff. It's really it's terrifying because we all yeah. have that fear. Yeah, that's very true. Um, now, just curious, uh, if you had to rate this episode one through ten, where would you go ahead and set this one up at? I just said eight. Oh, I'm I sorry, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Rude. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess for me with this episode, um, I personally really, really got like a heavy, almost like a reanimator kind of vibe. Um, not only with like the storyline and everything to go with it, but even with the um the way they were making this drug look, you know, with that, that green look to it and everything. But uh, I absolutely love it because of that too. Um, 
as far as the rating, I, I'm going to have to go with uh, probably about an eight on this one too. It really taps into that fear of, um, you know, because because like yeah, it, it's why he's unconscious, but they don't realize that at first. So the whole idea of it being like, like in their point of view, when you really break it down and think about it, like they they think they're dead. So this right here is pretty much like what they're thinking death is like in a way. And uh, that whole idea behind it is really fucked up. And uh, I really appreciate it. I really do like it. Um, what did I say? Like seven and a half, eight in there. I, I completely agree with pretty much where everybody is standing on this one. It's an all around fun episode. It's, it's an iconic episode. Everybody knows this one. And just that whole perspective through the unconscious or the dead person's eyes type thing is just really, really fucked up. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do like it a lot. Um, so Kevin, you know, we went ahead, we talked about this episode, did your care, our comic comparison. And, um, we already went ahead and talked about what we thought about this episode as a whole. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about this comic? Uh, you know, obviously I know it is new, so whatever you can actually share with everybody, and uh, maybe tell everybody where they can find it, where they can find you, and where they can, uh, you know, maybe get a hold of this. Okay. First, um, um, I do columns and reviews on two sites, Comics for Sinners and Comic Crusaders. Check those out. And my YouTube show is Comics and Pop Culture. Let's, Ch- Let's Talk. I got a lot of videos on there. You can check that out, see if you like it, and subscribe to my channel, ring the bell, all that good stuff. Um, Dracula Rising. I've mentioned before, this is available on Amazon. It's a complete trade paperback. Artist is Rodolfo Ezequiel. Great artist. And uh, this is a little little sneak peek on that. But the comic we're really promoting right now, which has just been released, is Carl Vincent Vampire Hunter. This is Foul Blood, the origin story. And that is available on Cutthroat Comics. Can't get this positioned right here. Josh Nellis is the publisher and editor. Raphael Leno House and Art Hesley are doing the the, uh, the colors and uh, the artwork. Some great art from uh, that title. And really um, the, uh, the Carl Vincent is a detective, and his partner is Lyle Chauncey. Uh, he's bald in this. Lyle is, and. Uh, they find a body, a series of bodies behind a cross-dressing club called First Impressions. Now, First Impressions was inspired by Jacques Cabaret in Boston. So the whole story is set in Boston. And I wanted a flamboyant type of uh, antagonist. <clears throat> so I got to thinking, what if uh, Carl had to interrogate Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> and then when I discovered Jacques Cabaret, I thought, I've got a whole bar full of Dr. Frankenfurters. So they go in and they're trying to find out, you know, get to the bottom of who's killing these people. The owner of First Impressions was a mafia hitman named Leo Kowalski. Now, I like to, um, in this comic, I like to get down to some gritty realism. So I'm based to some characters on real people. Leo is based on Richard Kuklinski, the real mafia hitman called the Iceman. And, uh, <clears throat> One of the bodies found out back was another mafia informant, uh, Paul Sweetheart Satchitella. So automatically, Leo is a suspect. 
but yet why would he kill a person and throw him in the back of his own club? That doesn't make sense. Hmm. And uh, the, the serial killer, um, one of the another one of the suspects is a serial killer named David Reynolds, and he was inspired by the, the real um, serial killer Danny Rowling, who's known of as the Gainesville Ripper here in Florida. So I wanted that gritty sense of realism instead of making it all up. You know, you know. Obviously, I take some creative liberty, and some people might think it a little morbid. I would base these characters on real people, but I wanted that gritty sense of realism. I wanted them to, to reflect reality. You know, even though it's a vampire story, and that's right. what I'm looking for in this. Well, that's very interesting. That's really cool. I, I personally can't wait to uh, get a copy of this. I've been talking to Josh for a while now about this. Um, actually, before I even knew that um, you know you were part of this and everything, I was—I already saw a picture of it being shared around. I was like, "Oh man, that's definitely right up my alley." And then once it was like, once I seen exactly where it was going and everything, it's like, "Well, I know Josh. Let's go ahead and let's really try to see what I can," you know look into this and everything so it's, it's really really cool and i'm really happy that you know josh with cutthroat comics was able to take you on and add a so really decent, cool horror title there that, that's really really cool i also see that you are uh, actually wearing one of uh the carl vincent shirts there man that's really cool too this is the cover to i think issue five well yeah issue number five and uh, this is dracula uh, re- no. yeah he's resurrecting his daughter, and it's actually a reversal because in the comics she resurrects him. But it, we wanted to show the ritual here, and I wanted Dracula to be prominent on the cover. So that's what that's from. Uh, oh, that's that, really uh, cool. In Dracula Rising, uh, his daughter, who's in our time, she's only like four years old, but she, a future version of her, comes back in time to resurrect Dracula for this ritual, which will make vampires all powerful. And uh, so the future Dominica actually winds up meeting her younger self and her mother from this time. And the mother's like, how could you turn out to be so evil? I'm trying to raise you right. You know, and it's a good, I think it's a good little character study inside that, that particular issue. That's very interesting. I'm really excited to see where this is going to go with that for sure, <laughs> man. And like I said before, I'm really happy that Josh was able to get this on there. And man, <laughs> um, my, so go ahead, Josh. Um, uh, so how does one get a autographed copy, Mister Kevin? Ah. Um, just give me your address and I'll uh, I'll get some out to you. Hell yeah, CJB, that's what you gotta do. You 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 gotta you gotta ask. <laughs> I mean, I but yeah, that's awesome, Kevin. I'm down. Me, I'm me so personally, I am a strong believer in supporting indie comics, and uh, obviously, if you go to the websites to purchase this, which you said is available at Cutthroat Comics website, which is cutthroatcomics.com, which will obviously be um, in a couple of weeks when this podcast is released. It will be in the show notes for everybody else to check out, too. But um, usually, if you add on to the notes there, that's how I was able to get a lot of the signatures there as well. But you just make me look like an asshole, don't you? You just love it. You love it, Justin. Hey, it's Bullsh- okay. It's okay. I, 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 I am cool with supporting indie artists. I remember once upon a time, there was this filmmaker I knew, and I was one of the first people to purchase one of his Blu-rays. And how good that made him feel. He even sent me a plaque, and uh, it meant a lot to me. So I continue to do this that way. Um, Jack, uh, do you know who that guy was? 
I think he's probably the most attractive person in podcasting at this very moment. <laughs> Me? Uh, I'm sure he <laughs> and, and he has a girlfriend that is quite amazing. I am referring to myself. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. So, yeah. So, Kevin, first off, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. I, um, again, before we go ahead and wrap this all up, do you want to go ahead and tell everybody uh, where to find you, where they can find this comic book again? Really push it sure. out, man. Okay. Yeah. Plug. Plug it all, man. Plug. Okay. The, the uh, YouTube channel is Comics and Pop Culture Let's Talk. Kevin Given. Um, comic book. There is a video on this comic book, which I do all the voices on. It's on my channel. Check out my videos. Carl Vincent Vampire Hunter, Foul Blood, is the current release. This is the origin story of Carl Vincent, how he became a vampire hunter in the first place, along with his partner, Lyle Chauncey. This is the first vampire that he had to kill that is revealed in this one. This is issue one. There's going to be four or five issues, and it will be a trade paperback eventually. And then Carl Vincent Vampire Hunter, Dracula Rising. This is Carl's um, first encounter with the Prince of Darkness. This one is available on Amazon. You can just type in Carl Vincent, Vampire Hunter, Dracula Rising on Amazon, and you'll come right to it. You can look inside the book. Here's some great artwork from Rodolfo Ezequiel. There's one of the blue vampires that Carl had to face. And uh, that's that outer. And look at some Raphael Lanelhouse artwork. We're in a cross-dressing club. These are cross-dressers. And uh, transvestites and transsexuals, and some people might find that weird, but read it. I mean, it's 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 not a pro or con on LGBTQ. It's not pandering to them. It's not insulting them. It's just the simple reflection of reality of who they are. And uh, check yeah, them out. Awesome there's any that. kind of uh, relation to that at all to begin with, man. I. I personally think that's really cool. Like where I live, there's actually quite a few um, bars that are like that and everything. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that kind of reflects your, your own work, right? Like, I'm not sure maybe if it's so much a cross-dressing club, but you work at clubs, correct? Yes. I work at a club called Atlantis here in Tampa Bay, Florida in Largo. And it's a gentleman's club. It's not cross-dressers. It's a actual females thing. So, but yeah, I, I, well, I'm pretty sure the one I'm talking about is also a gentleman club, but they also like the gentleman with the other gentleman. <laughs> okay, but it's all cool. Like I don't, I don't each their own. Whatever makes them happy, it's all fun to me. And one of the clubs I used to work at was called Players Club, and they do have what they call tranny nights on Sunday and Monday. But I don't oh, yeah. work. I work at Atlantis those nights, so I've never been there. I don't know what goes on those nights because I'm working in another club. Jack Jack knows what goes on those nights. <laughs> for your podcast, for our podcast and our listeners, right now I am showing him the bird. That's it. Everybody's heard about the bird. Yeah. <laughs> so uh thank you again man for uh coming on showing us well, thanks this. for having me oh dude any any time at all and uh in the future if you have another title coming out man feel free to reach out to me and uh, we'll try to set something up again for sure yeah we'll um, get issue two out there plus i oh can i mention one more thing yeah of course man um i'm looking for another publisher i don't know if josh is going to carry this one or not but i've got a really abstract quirky title called adolescent radioactive samurai platypi and uh, I don't have a comic here on that, but uh, that's 
Josh, I mean, not Josh, but uh, Raphael Lanel House is drawing that one too at this time. And you can check out my Facebook page. There are Facebook pages for Carl Vincent Vampire Hunter and Adolescent Radioactive Samurai Platypie. Check those out as well. Look at those, see if you like it. Uh, let me know what you think. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for a publisher for that one. And maybe Josh will pick that one up. Maybe he won't. I'm, I'm not sure what he wants to do So on that one. So uh, Definitely talk to him. You know, it sounds right up the alley of uh, Pedo Man and Kid Friendly. So, right. <laughs> you know Kid what Friendly. I mean? Like, like he, right. uh, That's one of the things I really like about Josh is he's not afraid to go there with his books. And he will do what he has to do. It's awesome. I, I love it. I love his work. And I can't wait to get my hands on some of yours, man, and really check that out. Uh, Jack, do you have anything to add before we go ahead and get out of here today? No, it's it's been a um, <clears throat> it's been a good show, and um, I, I just you know I enjoy doing this, and I'm glad to be a part of Tales from the Podcast officially. And don't forget to check out our new podcast coming out, Two Guys One Crypt, where we talk about bad films. And we yeah. watch them, and we dissect them, and we torture each other by making each other watch. Because on the next episode, episode two, we will be discussing the horror film Monstered, which I will, will be watching either tonight or tomorrow. So, so are you going to have Crow and Tom Servo on that one? Oh, that you can't <laughs> Oh man, the, the other show is hilarious, Kevin. If you ever get a chance, so Jack thought he would be like, "All right, this is the worst movie I know." Try to make me watch Space Truckers. I watched <laughs> it. Well, I'm making him watch Monstered, which is kind of like um, the horror movie Jack Frost, but instead of a snowman, he's a giant piece of poop. So <laughs> <laughs> he's he's gonna have a lot of fun with that movie. <laughs> I might redo that one myself. <laughs> go ahead man feel free yeah. to check it out uh I, it's pretty cheap online for streaming it's it's not a very expensive movie <laughs> i i'm 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 i uh yeah i don't know i mean i may get me and my girl to watch it tonight i'll see just, just don't see put her through that dude she doesn't even know me and you're gonna be like oh she's she's already gonna hate me <laughs> like don't make anybody watch monstered i don't want anybody to watch it except for you <laughs> oh thanks thank you it is a but really yes, really awful movie <laughs> it really is an awful movie but uh everyone you know thank you for listening and thank you for watching us whoever uh is watching um i'm jack hunter and i'm jb and thank you again kevin given for coming yes. on we appreciate it thank you so much for having me and with that being said guys the crypt is closed.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.